To the Human Hub Podcast. I'm your host, Lady Norma, also known as Norma Carey. I am podcasting via anchor.fm. My project, Human Hub, and the Human Hub Podcast promote human well-being. This is the main goal. Human well-being means that, among other things, human beings have the basic means of physical survival on planet Earth. Clean air, clean water, nutritious food, restful sleep, shelter, utilities, and clothing, all at the same time. And that human beings truly thrive and enjoy life here. Also, Human Hub and the Human Hub Podcast acknowledge that human beings are energy or spirit beings having physical experiences here on planet Earth and keep this concept at the forefront of discussions. Specifically today, concerning the three financial classes being discussed, please note that the government, organizations, and other human beings are vehicles for, channels of, human finances. While the actual source of our supply is love by any name, God, Goddess, Great Spirit, Allah, all that is, source, the Creator, and other names. Human beings cannot outpace or overwhelm love, which is infinite. The Human Hub theme song is entitled, O Freedom, and is an African-American spiritual song by me, Lady Norma. Today is Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. The topic I'm covering And today's podcast is a grassroots perspective as we approach this November 8th, 2022 election. First, I'm looking at the general sense of the current president's approval rating, which is somewhat of a barometer of the approval rating of the Democratic Party. Next, I'm looking at the fact that the Democratic Party has shown itself to be unfriendly to the United States of America human beings uh, earning between $0 and $50,000 a year. And the fact that the Republican Party in recent years has shown itself to be openly hostile toward human beings in the uh, hashtag up to 50K group. And then, of course, you know, how could I possibly say such a thing? Well, Being afraid some group is going to replace one or being enraged that some group is not keeping the place one assigned to it in one's narrative and then deciding to eliminate that group or those groups from planet Earth is hostile. 
no one knows where the love is in that position. Now, individual human beings from either party can be very kind and loving. At the same time, it is instructive to understand how human beings in the up to 50K grassroots class perceive the parties, generally speaking. Now, most grassroots up to 50K human beings perceive the Democratic Party and the Republican Party to be like the two fists of a boxer. One party delivers one blow, and then the other party delivers a second blow. In our current system that discourages other parties, grassroots human beings do not have an experience of being represented by a party that truly addresses our human needs. Other parties, such as the Working Families Party, the People's Party, and the Green Party do exist, but are not as well known as uh, and not as well known to grassroots people as they could be. Remember, the up to 50K human beings typically have two to three jobs and do not have a lot of time to surf the web to determine which parties exist and the ideas for which they stand. These other parties might be best served to consider old-school methods like door-to-door campaigns and radio ads along with the newer things like banner ads on the Internet for civic education and engagement. As the United States of America approaches the 2022 congressional elections, the approval rating of the current president by adult United States of America citizens is approximately 45%. I was looking at a poll by the Associated Press uh, from uh, September 15, 2022, and that's up from 36% in July 2022. Uh, midway through the month of August and into the beginning of September, there was a lot of speculation as to why the president's approval rating so low, even though he had signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. I would say, look no further than the half-truths that many United States of America citizens use as facts. Let's see if we can get some solid definitions and sizes for the wealthy class, the middle class, and the uh, $0 per year to $50,000 per year group which I call the up to 50K grassroots class. I do not use the term working class, by the way, because I feel that it is uh, confusing. Many human beings who are middle class and wealthy work consistently, even though they may not punch a time clock. As examples, please consider lawyers, doctors, basketball stars, and TV network owners. Uh, Now, moving on, I found one website that gives three definitions of middle class. And I think this information can help guide today's uh, Human Hub discussion. The website is thebalancemoney.com forward slash what hyphen is hyphen the hyphen middle hyphen class hyphen 5206134. And this uh, December 28, 2021 article was written by Cassidy Horton, 
reviewed by Summer G. Anderson, and fact-checked by Gina LaGuardia. Now, here's the breakdown according to this article. And, and like I say now, they're breaking down the definition of middle class. Now, Pew, the article says that the Pew Research Center defines middle class as adults whose annual household income is two-thirds to 200% of the national median income. And in 2020, the median household income was $67,521. Now, middle class, therefore, according to Pew Research Center, uh, is $45,014 and up to $135,042 of income per year. The Brookings Institute defines middle class as the middle 60% of households on the income distribution scale. So in 2020, one whose income is between $39,479 and $109,732 per year would be middle class. The Urban Institute defines middle class as an adult whose annual household income is 150% to 500% higher than the federal poverty level, the FPL. For 2020, the federal poverty level was $21,720 for a three-person household. So middle class was $32,000. $580, ranging up to $108,600 per year for that three-person household. Now, I did go ahead and uh, look a little further. And I went to ASPE.HHS.gov and learned that the federal poverty level, the FPL, for one person in 2020 was $12,760 per year. Therefore, uh, using the Urban Institute's definition, middle class for a single human being in 2020 was $19,140 per year or sixty-three, going up to $63,800 per year. Okay. So, all right. Uh, Of course, now that's a whole lot of numbers. And, you know, looking at the above figures, we now know that there are some people in the United States of America who honestly believe that $19,140 per year is middle class. Um, and this is one of those half truths or some sort of gaslighting, if you will, to which I'm referring here, uh, on which we've been basing some of our thoughts. Now, I can tell you for sure that $19,140 per year is a poverty income anywhere in the United States of America for a household of any size, 
including for individuals. The federal government of the United States of America is fooling United States of America citizens about what financing is required to provide oneself the basic means of survival in this country. Or maybe I'm not sure if they're fooling, trying to fool us or fooling themselves or what. But $19,140 a year just simply is not middle class, bottom line. Now, further, I think it would be much wiser for us, the citizens, to tell the government what we require to live rather than having the government telling us what it intends to provide. Uh, We, the people of the United States of America, are paying the cost to be the boss. And a lot of our tax dollars go directly to government employees. I think think that it's important that we, we, the people of the United States of America, remind our employees who is paying whom here. But now, of course, I digress. Now back to the subject topic of this podcast. The overall spread defining the middle class is $19,140 per year and ranging all the way up to $135,142 per year. Now, having lived much of my adult life, uh, well, all of my adult life here in the United States of America, I feel very confident in saying that both figures are way too low. I feel that in 2022, the more realistic perspective has the middle class beginning at approximately $50,000 per year and extending up to approximately $2 million per year. Therefore, the grassroots class is comprised of the human beings who have an income between $0 per year and $50,000 per year. And then the wealthy class is comprised of the human beings who have an income over $2 million per year. And before uh, one objects too strongly to Human Hub's uh, way of looking at financial classes, please consider that in the minds of Americans, when one says middle class, one does expect that someone in that category is able to pay all of one's bills and has at least a little disposable income. And when one says wealthy, one expects that someone in that category has, you know, plenty of leisure time and may travel. One is uh, sometimes considering upgrading one's possessions like getting a fancier car or a bigger house and or and or one is considering, you know, owning something that benefits oneself and others, such as an apartment building or a business. I note that the United States of America government's definition of poverty, middle class and wealthy, seem to be dissociated from the reality of human well being and from the reality of just human life. And I feel that they are best not used for the governance of human beings. Uh, It is my understanding that there are approximately 340 million human beings living in in the United States of America. I have to do greater research to determine accurate numbers of working adults in the three classes 
as I delineated them above. You know, when I'm saying it's, um, you've got the grassroots is zero to 50,000. You've got 50,000 to 2 million as the middle class and then above 2 million the wealthy. Uh, since those are my own delineations right there, I have to actually do start doing way more research into that. So right now I'm stating my best guesses, and if listeners have uh, more accurate information, please feel free to let me know, and I will update the numbers in subsequent podcasts. Now, my feeling is that the grassroots class is slightly larger than the middle class at this time. There are probably... 80 to 100 million working voting age adult human beings in the grassroots class. Uh, There are probably 70 to 90 million working voting adult human beings in the middle class. And there are probably about uh, 30 million working voting adult human beings in the wealthy class. And when I say working voting, you know, just they are that age and very possibly uh, inclined to do so. Uh, Now, the reason I've taken the time to define the middle class and then thereby define the grassroots and the wealth is because I feel that the difference in perspectives between what the grassroots, the middle class, and the wealthy are experiencing day to day, the differences in what they think about their experiences and ultimately the differences in what they believe are greater than most people realize. These differences in experience, thoughts, and beliefs are what give rise to the disconnect concerning how Democrats are viewed by the various classes and the low approval rating of the Democratic Party and Democratic elected officials. So, Let's look at beliefs surrounding the Affordable Care Act, which is also known as Obamacare. First of all, uh, no one wants to disparage Barack Obama or sully his legacy as the first black president of the United States of America. As a black African-American woman, I am proud of Barack Obama's presidency. Also, I note that Barack Obama is an attorney and an elected official. He is not and has never claimed to be a health professional. Okay, and I think we really want to, um, you know, just kind of keep that in mind. Now, the Affordable Care Act was promoted as a great benefit to the middle class. If my memory serves, there was little to no discussion about the grassroots or the effect the Affordable Care Act would have on the grassroots. I was all, it was almost as if the middle class included the up to 50K grassroots. One advertised benefit of the Affordable Care Act was that one would not have to work the entire 40 hours per week in order to be eligible for the insurance benefits, one only had to work 30 hours per week in order to be a full-time employee and be eligible for full Affordable Care Act benefits from an employer. 
that sounded great as part of an advertising campaign, as something middle-class human beings felt was a great selling point for the Affordable Care Act, and as a reason for legislators to vote for the Affordable Care Act. From the perspective of the up to 50K grassroots, however, the ultimate effect of changing the definition of full-time employee from a 40-hour-per-week worker to a 30-hour-per-week worker was that one's hours with a particular company or organization were cut from 39 hours per week to 20 to 24 hours per week so that the employer was not approaching the 30 hours that would make one a full-time employee at which threshold the employer would have to pay health insurance. Once the Affordable Care Act was signed into law, the following Monday, you know, like right away pretty much, employers announced to their hourly employ their hourly workers that there were changes to the schedule which included the reduction of the employees' hours. The employers gave various and sundry excuses for this because they often had to hire additional workers to cover portions of the schedule that were now left uncovered. Okay, So then, with one's hours being basically cut in half, one had no choice but to go find another job to take up the slack. That meant more travel time, possibly using a different mode of transportation to one of the jobs, renegotiating with child care providers, having less time at home for self and family, and getting a lot less sleep. The 40-hour to 30-hour rule change in the Affordable Care Act was life-changing for many up to 50K grassroots human beings, and the change was often heart-wrenchingly painful. In the meantime, many of the human beings that one hears about in the news who are working but do not have insurance are in the same up to 50K grassroots group, which brings me to the next reason why the grassroots and the middle class have a different take on the Affordable Care Act. Think back. Remember how the middle class blustered on national and international television that everyone should buy insurance. There was no good reason for anyone to be without insurance that one was doing all society a disservice to not have insurance. Remember that part, those discussions? The legislation, the Affordable Care Act itself, includes a clause that caused one to begin to rack up federal debt if one did not purchase health insurance. But the up to 50K grassroots human beings already blindsided by having to get second jobs did not and do not have enough money to buy health insurance. And sometimes we're not properly positioned to go on to Medicaid whereby the federal government 
could just give approximately $250 a month to the insurance industry in one's name. So one did not get a tax return because one owed all of that money to the federal government. Or one might have actually become indebted to the IRS for not having bought this health insurance. So think back. The up to 50K grassroots human beings typically do not have attorneys to advocate for them in courts of law because for the main, attorneys want to be paid money. Nevertheless, real relief was needed or a large percentage of the up to 50K essential workers would have overwhelming IRS debt right now. So, all right, from where did relief come? Again, please think back, because this will explain a lot about the current political landscape in the United States of America today. Soon after he took office in 2017, the president that took office then said that one did not have to pay for health insurance. Now, of course, uh, he was couching his edict in politically polarizing terminology and rhetoric. And, you know, nevertheless, a huge amount of mostly up to 50K grassroots human beings of every political stripe, some openly cheering, others breathing secret sighs of relief, while thanking God for answered prayers, were very happy when the federal mandate to buy health insurance was lifted and at least one was not developing a deeper and deeper debt with the IRS. Most middle-class and wealthy-class Democrats slept this. They simply did not realize to what extent the incoming president had bound many people to being his loyal supporters by saving their lives from rapidly deepening debt to the IRS. And, you know, this debt to the IRS, now just keep this in mind, the debt to the IRS had been instituted by and had begun to accrue while the Democratic Party was in control in Washington, D.C. I feel that this is one of the reasons why the grassroots perspective is not prominent in corporate media. The grassroots perspective reveals some ugly aspects of some otherwise very popular ideas, opinions, and pieces of legislation. Okay, the uh, grassroots took a big hit uh, with the Affordable Care Act, uh, a painful hits. All right, now let's look at what happened once the Democrats retook the White House, House of Representatives, and the Senate in 2021. Keep in mind that the Democrats campaigned on how much they cared about all Americans. So, all right, 
They've got the White House, the House of Representatives, and the Senate in 2021. However, the uh, H.R. 1570, George Floyd Law Enforcement Trust and Integrity Act of 2021, has been languishing in the Senate since March 2021. Okay. The Raise the Wage Act passed the House of Representatives in 2019 and languished in the Senate. In 2021, that same measure was included as part of the American Rescue Plan Pandemic Relief Package, but was removed from the Senate version of the Rescue Plan Bill. In January 2022, the Federal Human Resources Agency issued guidance that the minimum wage for federal employees is $15 per hour. However, there has been no upward movement of the federally mandated minimum wage for the rest of the up to 50K grassroots. Also note that as of approximately March 1st, 2022, large retail chains that sold most of their items for $1, and not just one of them, all of them, changed their price point across the board to $1.25. Now, that's a 25% inflation rate with no cost of living wage increases. Not a peep out of the government, not a peep out of our legislatures. Though the government registered alarm at an 8% inflation rate on Wall Street. Okay, now, we, the up to 50K grassroots, we're watching all of this. We're seeing this. And these are the things that we're seeing happening to us, for us, uh, since the Democrats have come back into power in 2021. Now, there has been no talk of more financial assistance for child care after the Supreme Court banned abortions. Now, the Supreme Court just did that this year, 2022. But if you're not going to have abortion, that means there's going to be more kids. So, okay, you need more child care. But there's been no talk of more child care and more money for child care. There has been no initiative to provide money for transportation costs. No more talk of a moratorium on evictions and utility shutoffs Though the United States of America is still dealing with the coronavirus, along with monkeypox, the flu, and an apparent resurgence of polio. The idea that many up to 50K human beings live in food deserts is rarely discussed, though it affects human health and well-being. Some student debt has been forgiven, which is a very good thing. And thank you to the Biden administration for that. Yet what is really needed in order to put food on the table is cold, hard cash or its equivalent in a check or on a card. Another thing that helps greatly is the voices of the grassroots being heard. Many expert politicians, campaigners, and get-out-vote strategists acknowledge this. 
for the up to 50K grassroots to be heard, our robust representation at the ballot box is required. What has occurred is that the Voting Rights Act of 1965 has been greatly weakened. As I create this podcast in October 2022, the votes of many human beings in the United States of America are being actively suppressed, while H.R. 4, the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act of 2021, languishes in the Senate. At this point, one would think that at least the Democratic Party could throw the up to 50K grassroots a bone. It would have nothing, you know, it would have nothing to lose by making sure that the Equal Rights Amendment, which passed Congress and was signed into law in 1972, is fully instituted as the 28th Amendment to the Constitution. The ERA was ratified by the 38th state, Virginia, in January, on January 15, 2020, and only awaits the passage of legislation that changes the ratification deadline date. The ERA, Section 1, says, Equality rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Think about it. Uh, Brittany Griner, uh, and I'm including her uh, here basically because she is a woman. Brittany Griner very possibly would not be in jail right now because if she were earning an income commensurate with that of similar players on the men's teams, she might have been vacationing on a sandy beach rather than traveling to do more work. At the very least, she might have had a knowledgeable, detail-oriented personal assistant to pack her luggage. So, as voters go to the polls from approximately October 12, 2022 until the deadline, uh, Election Day, November 8, 2022, up to 50K grassroots voters are in pain from low wages, high inflation rates on everything, post-traumatic stress disorder from the coronavirus years, and are currently stressed by an approaching winter season with no money for new coats and boots, no talk of relief of any kind for anything. We, the people of the United States of America, are watching as our country is spending more money backing up the Ukrainian government with military weapons that it has even considered using to provide financial recompense, food, shelter, utilities, child care, and transportation to American citizens who are human beings just like Ukrainians. Nothing is wrong with helping the Ukraine. At the same time, as the flight attendant says, put your own oxygen mask on first. We, United States of America citizens, are not strong to help others if we are weakened by self-neglect, disrespect of ourselves, short-sighted policies, 
and belief systems based on half-truths and outright lies. A corporation is a stack of paper and a seal, to which has been given legal status as if it were a human being. Corporations in and of themselves do not breathe, drink, eat, or enjoy anything. They are what their human boards and employees make them. For whatever reason, probably because the corporations pay them more than their titular constituents and employers, the members of the Democratic Party, especially the administrative and leadership parts of the party, promote the interests of their corporate donors, often to the exclusion of their constituents and employers. Well, as a lifelong Democrat who is currently an up-to-50K grassroots person, I am paying close attention to how I'm being treated by the party. I responded to one of the insulting emails from the DCCC in which one listed several candidates or party leaders who had already emailed me asking me for money. And I did not send money. And then guilt-tripped me and demanded money again. I explained in my response that I found this approach insulting and asked that they not bully me ever again. Well, the DCCC has kept the insults and bullying coming. (laughs) Wow, this is stunning. I am not to be bullied, period. What type of way is that to treat one's constituent and possibly one's employer? You know, I'm noting that, see, these representatives and senators are our employees. Okay, and some of them were listed in this email. I may hold my nose and vote for Democratic Party candidates again, but this sort of treatment makes it hard. Apparently, the DCCC doesn't understand that they're asking me for my rent money, my money for food, my money for utilities. They haven't done anything to help me have any disposable income. Therefore, right now, I have yet to have any disposable income. I'm working on becoming middle class. If one wants my rent money, please know I am expecting real results, which is not what I am witnessing at this time from the Democratic Party, especially not the DCCC. I, I, I can't, their insults are, are just stunning. There are some local Democratic candidates that I know like and actively support and I'll focus my attention over there if the Democratic Party is interested in more enthusiasm from the up to 50k grassroots class please deliver legislation that is based on truth and supports human well-being we are just so uninterested in platitudes excuses and warm and fuzzy symbolism We are not to be bullied. We are human beings with feelings. We are not to be gaslit. 
We know these circumstances and we know you possibly better than you know yourselves because we have been walking underneath and behind you watching your every move. We are not to be toyed with. We are already in pain. Now in 2022, we are not to be silenced. We are vocal and we vote. So please keep this in mind. Uh, This ends the Season 3, Episode 6 podcast on Grassroots Perspectives. I, Lady Norma, am signing off for now. Until next time. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom over me, over me. And before I'd be your slave, I'd be Buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free.